Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, the hostess with the mostest, Beth Fuller. This is episode 24. Wow. All right, before we get started, you know the drill, but if you're new here and you don't know our drill, it goes a little something like this. Don't take notes. I've taken notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. Professionally, I pay my bills by doing food and product photography. And if you have a brand or have food or kind of anything that needs a beautiful photo, hit me up. Or if you have questions for the podcast, if you need sleuthing culinary dilemmas, maybe you have an abundance of zucchini and you don't know what to do with it, shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram. I love seeing everything at Let's Go on a Food Adventure. All right, I'm out of breath. Let's go on a food adventure, you guys. Today we're talking about vegetables. Not just any kind of vegetables, affordable vegetables that a company that we're going to get into an interview in a little bit is doing here in the Boston area. And they are a company who believes, and I believe with them, that you know, produce and vegetables should be available to everyone, no matter what financial situation you're in. And I, I love that they're using local vendors. I mean, we'll get all into it in a minute, but it's, it's cool. Before we get started, though, every time I say the word vegetable, as I'm recording this, I, it reminds me, it brings me back. Let's go way back together. Do, 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 do. No, I'm kidding. Um, I lived in LA for a hot minute. And when I lived in LA, I worked on Sunset Boulevard at a bar called Dublin's. Bubbling at Dublin's. Jay-Z wrote a song about it. I bartended Justin Timberlake's 21st birthday. And I met a ton, a ton of celebrities. I have a lot of funny stories that someday we'll get into. One involves Vince Vaughn and uh, him and I hanging out and um, many more. But let's save those stories for another day because, well... You got to stay tuned for more, right? That's a good tease. Anyway, no, when I um, when I was working on Sunset and I did for a few years, it was really close to this comedy club, this very, 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 very famous comedy club called The Comedy Store. And when you work in that area, you become friends with everyone else in that area that is that are in the industry, right? So I befriended this guy who worked at The Comedy Store And on Tuesday nights, it was kind of open mic night at that time. And people would just get up and do a set. And you would see, and it was quiet, like nobody was in the audience in the um, early hours of when the comedy store opened for open mic night. And you'd see insane, insane comedians going up there. Really, 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 really famous ones going up there and just trying out material and seeing if it worked. And so this was probably... 2001-ish, 2002-ish. And I remember being in the audience on a Tuesday with me and my friend Mike, who you know from this podcast and such other podcasts as this was the scene in 90s punk podcast and and the Daily Bread podcast. So check out both of those. But anyway, it was me, him and our buddy Chris. And we're sitting in the audience and really nobody else was kind of there. And all of a sudden, Andrew Dice Clay walks in doesn't say anything, walks straight up onto stage, spotlights on him, grabs the mic, looks at the audience, and he's like, vegetables. And he takes out a cigarette, and he holds it in one hand, and he's like, fucking vegetables. And now every time I say the word vegetable, that's literally where my mind is going. So I wanted to take you all on that trip with me. What's the point of that? Absolutely nothing. But here's what we're going to do. Before we jump into the episode, I'm going to tackle a couple of your listener questions and then we'll get going on the interview because it's been a minute since I've answered your listener questions and I also want to take a second to thank you guys. 
Thank you guys so much for sending these questions in. They're helping me theme the podcast. It also means so much because you want to know my opinion about things, which I mean, I like my opinion. I think it's good. I know food, but the fact that you guys care enough to ask me things means the absolute world to me. So, and secondly, thank you so much for listening. It again means the absolute world to me. And I am still 24 episodes in now, humbled every single week as I launch something and see the response and hear from you guys. So seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't stop sending in your questions. Keep them coming. And if you've got ideas for upcoming episodes that you want to hear topics of conversation, let me know and let's let's talk about it. So again, you can send everything to let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com in case you hit the 30 second skip button in the beginning of this episode. Now you got it again. All right, let's dive into a couple of your questions. Oh, this is such a good question. Bob in upstate New York writes, I always buy bananas every week and every week they get too ripe and then I put them in the freezer. I have about 25 bananas in the freezer and more on the countertop. What can I do with so many frozen bananas? Oh, so many things, Bob. So many things. So I too keep frozen bananas on hand at all times in my own freezer because I use them all the time. So with that many, let's think of things that would take more than one frozen banana. So a few years ago, there was, and by a few, I don't know how many, uh, let's go with a few though. There was this huge craze of banana vegan ice cream. If you have a Vitamix or a, any other kind of high powered blender, you really do need a high powered blender for this. You literally take frozen bananas and you put them in the blender and you blend the crap out of them. It's going to turn into like soft servey style and air quotes on this, yogurt or ice cream, because that's all that's in it is frozen banana. You can then mix in like cacao nibs. You can mix in some pureed strawberry. You can mix in maybe even like some edible mint uh, essential oil or an edible lemon extract. Um, Sorry, not an essential oil, but definitely extracts. Uh, You can mix in vanilla bean paste. You get where I'm going with this. Whatever flavor profiles you like, mix into this banana soft serving style ice cream, and then you could put it back in the freezer and then scoop it, like let it hard up, harden back up for a minute. And then you can scoop it back out and boom, you've got, and that'll take, I don't know, maybe four or five bananas at least, depending on how much you want to make and for how many people. Uh, so that could be fun. I always, 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 always in my morning smoothie put a frozen banana. Always. Because it adds so much creaminess to the smoothie that like you don't need it nearly as much ice so it doesn't get as watered down. And also it doesn't, at least to me, and I've been doing it for so long, like over 10 years, I don't even taste the banana anymore. I put so much stuff in my smoothies that I barely, I mean, and I drink them so quick because I'm so excited to eat something in the morning. Like I literally wake up to drink coffee and eat something. And I'm like so excited for like fresh start, new day. I'm a huge, huge, huge morning person. Uh, I go to bed early, but I wake up early and man, oh man, I bounce out of bed. Never once have I ever been somebody who snoozed. Never understood the concept of snoozing. If you're a snoozer on the alarm clock, I uh, don't. I can't wrap my head around it, but you know, you do you to each their own, unless you're my husband and you know how I feel about that, especially if you've got to get up before me and you hit this new, sorry, this is not a therapy session. I digress. Okay. What else can Bob do with frozen bananas? Bob can make banana pancakes. I'll insert a recipe in the show notes. Bob can make, I love saying the name Bob. Bob can make, uh, you could take some out again. For the banana pancakes or this recipe, take some out and get them thawed just on the countertop, right? And then once they're thawed, mush them up. So the, either one of these recipes, you're going to get some mushy banana action. You can mush them with a fork, whatever, however, a potato masher, 
whatever vehicle you choose to mush, you mush. And then um, you're going to make either banana chocolate chip muffins or a banana bread or the banana pancakes or maybe even like a banana zucchini muffin. Yum, right? Uh, All good, all delicious. All will be in the show notes. Devin from Instagram writes, I grocery shop on the weekends for the week. By the time Thursday or Friday rolls around, the vegetables I bought over the weekend aren't looking nearly as fresh. Do you have any recipes for these types of vegetables in this type of situation? Of course I do. I'm somebody who, as you guys may or may not know from previous episodes, who likes to make a list of like dinner ideas we're going to have for the week and then I grocery shop based on what we need for those ideas. But, you know, I get tired. I get fatigued. I'm cooking and taking pictures all day for work um, and food styling at, for the photo shoots and everything like that, that sometimes by the end of the day, I, I don't want to cook dinner. And a lot of times people totally assume that when you're cooking for a food shoot or for a recipe shoot or for a product or, or whatever, and you, you are creating this lifestyle image of these what look like composed dishes, nine times out of 10, they're not edible. And, and what I mean by that is like I always use whatever vegetables or fruits or, or whatever is supposed to be in the shot like those are all real they're not fake it's I don't go that route there's nothing wrong if you go that route with food styling and food photography but for me I I try to always stick to the real stuff but it's like sometimes the burger's not cooked all the way or sometimes because certain foods look more juicy not cooked properly um so then you wouldn't eat it and you wouldn't eat anything else on the plate like you'd have to recook anyway you, my point my point is that I do get really fatigued and that I had the best intentions when I go grocery shopping and then it really does sometimes I'll go to shit when it comes time to actually make dinner sometimes during the week and then some of the vegetables so then I'll get takeout and then those vegetables get very sad in the in the drawers in the depths of my refrigerator so I'm with you on this Devin and some things that I do I mean now it's super today so warm out it's we're almost at 90 I think here in New England um, when I'm recording this right now and so I you know wouldn't necessarily make a super stew on a day like today but you know what I would do I would honestly make a curry I know eating hot spicy food is kind of counterintuitive when it's hot out, but there's something about it that I love hot and spicy food and I love being a curry. So I'm into making curries. I'm into making like chopping stuff up and sauteing it and then making some kind of taco out of it, whether it be straight vegetarian tacos um, and adding a little bit maybe of lentils or even black beans in them or adding like getting a pre-roasted chicken from the grocery store and then shredding that up in with the veggies add like a taco spice mix that you like toss that all together boom dinner's done throw it on a tortilla add some uh like make a quick avocado crema super easy I'll put it in the show notes a little slaw done fun tacos like kitchen sink style tacos same thing with stir fries um I love a good kitchen sink stir fry I've talked about those a ton in previous episodes so I'll link a couple of recipes in the show notes for that but you know day one day two vegetables salads day three day four vegetables maybe a salad maybe more cooked and then day five day six yeah we're cooking those we're cooking those and we're, we're gonna saute them in some way shape form and in the wintertime soups stews all of those things are your friends so I hope this helps and I will put some recipes in the show notes for you okay you know what this sound means we're bringing our guest on we have a lot to talk about so let's get right into this this company such a cool company is on a mission to make fresh produce affordable for everyone and delivered to your doorstep 
They currently work with local food distributors in the Boston area who supply them with their excess, let's call it number two style produce at steep discounts. They make sure everything is fresh and delicious and they put it on sale on their website and then it's delivered to your home next day. How cool is that? And I think we can all agree that everyone should have access to fresh fruits and veggies no matter what your income is. So with that said, please let's give a warm welcome to Rob from the Friday Food Market. Hey buddy, how's it going? Good morning. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Good, Rob. It's so good to have you on here. So in the beginning, before we jumped on, I already did an intro for you so people know you, but I want them to really know you. You are not originally from Boston. You are not, even though we've adopted you as a Bostonian here, you are not a Bostonian. Where are you from originally? No, I'm not. I'm originally from New Jersey, um, born and raised. Um, I and so you're a Mets up, fan, right? Not a Yankees fan, right? Are we correct? Are we, yes, okay, great. I, I have been accepted in Boston because <laughs> I'm not a Yankees fan, exactly. Awesome, okay. Being a Giants fan was a little contentious, it was. Yeah, I can see but, it better than the Jets, I'll tell you that. Yes, yeah, okay. So, anyway, but you're anyway, from New Jersey, yes, I'm from New Jersey. I went to college at the University of Delaware, mm-hmm. uh, and then after I graduated, I got a job in Philadelphia working at the Philadelphia Zoo. And then less than a year later, I ended up having to transfer internally within my company. And that's how I ended up in Boston. Uh, There was a position that opened up at Fenway Park and being an avid Mets fan and uh, a huge baseball fan in general, I figured, why not? Heck yeah. Um, It was a great opportunity. So that's how I ended up in Boston in the first place. Um, I've been living here for over three years now, which is hard to believe, but uh, I've loved every second of it. I absolutely love the city. And uh, I think I grow to love it more and more as every season passes. Beautifully put, my friend. How poetic of you, because um, being I lived in the city for a long time. And there's something about when you have to walk outside in February or even January and like you have to walk to go get your groceries or something like that. And you're like, oh, I hate this place. But then like, you really need to embrace it because when you, as they say in New England, same kind of thing in New Jersey, you just need to blink or wait a minute and the weather's gonna change, really. Like it's not- Absolutely. It's not Seattle. It's not gonna be gloomy for however many days out of the year. Nothing wrong with Seattle. Seattle, we love you. But it's, there's, there's definitely, there's always change in the air, literally. Because right now, this week, last week, it was not summer. And now this week, all of a sudden, it's summer here in New England. And it's like, we have a whole week of the 80s, which a week ago is in the 50s. It's, it's crazy. Mother nature. We love her. So you have had a very food-centric style career since getting out of college. Um, how did you, wh- why food? Like, I mean, I know why, <laughs> but like for you, why yeah. food? So it was not really something that I had envisioned myself doing. Um, I went to school and double majored in sport management and operations management. So I wanted to get into the event space. Um, As I was coming up on graduating from college, I didn't really get a lot of job offers. And the best offer I got was to go be a food service manager at the Philadelphia Zoo. And it was going to be with a large company uh, in a management training program. And the contract was only for a year. So I figured, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll see what happens. I've talked to a lot of people who've worked for this company before. They said pretty good things about it. The program seems like a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I gave it a shot. I didn't make it the year at that account. Um, (laughs) We ended up losing that account. Which is the way it goes in the corporate world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I ended up, that's when I transferred to Fenway to finish out my management training program. And I got the opportunity to work with a lot of really great people and work in the warehouse at Fenway Park, which is something that really interested me. Mm. So while I was working with food, I also was getting to deal with inventory management, ordering, which is all stuff that I had studied in college and stuff that I wanted to get back into. So that experience kind of kept me going in the food world. Um, And it, it really 
interested me what I was doing and, and learning more about the entire supply chain going from the vendors and where they get the food from to the distribution, to the ordering, to stocking and warehousing and, and distribution within the account, you know, really the whole beginning to end process. Um, and, and that really started to interest me. And I was looking for a way to get a little more involved in that. And that's more of what I'm getting to do here with Friday Food Market is I deal with our vendors, I deal with the ordering, the storing and stocking of the food and the actual packing of the orders and dealing with the delivery drivers. So I'm seeing the end-to-end process. Yeah, you've kind of created your own perfect job. So that's a great segue to let's talk about the Friday Food Market and like what it is and the con. it's a, such a cool concept and why someone didn't think of this sooner. I mean, holy mackerel, you know, like. Super right. cool. So let's talk about that. So Friday Food Market focuses on getting excess produce onto tables. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that food isn't going to waste. And we're trying to set it up so that we can do that to make it as affordable for customers as we possibly can. That's so cool. And where are you guys getting and sourcing your produce from? So one of our core values as a company is community. And in our opinion, there's no better way to serve the greater Boston community than to look at vendors within the area. Mm, We source all of our products from vendors located within five miles of Boston. That's so cool. So not only are you saving the environment, you're helping the community, you're working with local vendors whose products would probably just go to waste if they weren't picked up by your company. You guys are literally saving the planet. In like one little trans, like I mean, pat We're yourselves trying. on the show. Like it's that, a, yeah. it's a really cool concept. So where did the owners come? How did they come up with this concept? So ironically, um, my my owner and his girlfriend uh, were walking through Haymarket. And for those who and- don't know, Haymarket is an open air market that is all year round in Boston. It's kind of like where the North End. And Government Center and Faneuil Hall kind of all converge into this one little block, sort of, or block and a half. And it's, correct me if I'm wrong, Fridays and Saturday mornings? Is that what it is? I can't remember. Yeah, I I believe it's just Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. And they have like a bunch of, it's been there forever. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know when it started. I'll have to Google it. It's just. Yeah, it's been there forever. And um, so that's what Haymarket is for those who don't know, but please con- continue. Yes, we have so, a global audience, Rob. People are not just true, true. listening here. Um, so yes, they were walking around Haymarket, just kind of looking at the open air produce. And it was as simple as his girlfriend turning to him and saying, what if you could get this delivered? Like uh, mic drop. Because for, for the other listeners who aren't familiar with Haymarket, um, the the big sticking point of it is that everything is stupid cheap. Stupid, like dirt. dirt it, it's dirt all cheap. the stuff that, you know, the growers, the farmers, the vendors are just trying to dump yeah. for whatever yeah. reason or another. You, I mean, you can get stuff for, you could do an entire produce shop for $15, maybe Easily. 20 Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, you got to use it quickly because it is on the, ver- it's yes. not, this is not stuff that's going to keep for, you know, two weeks in your fridge. No, 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 no. Like you need to use it. You need to have day. meals planned. 100%. You know, if you, if you go Friday or Saturday, you probably should have everything used by Monday or Tuesday. Thank you. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. But you're right. It's dirt, 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 cheap, super affordable. And for, you know, being such an incredibly expensive city, trying to, the cost of living in Boston is yes. extremely high. It's similar to San Francisco, New York, Chicago, even Denver now, other major cities in in the U.S. And, you know, we only make so much money a week. And so if you want to try to eat healthy and be your best self, sometimes something has to give. And in this case, if you can shop at Haymarket and like you said, use everything by Monday or Tuesday, then at least you have some really good fresh vegetables at a low cost. So anyway, great concept. So he, his girlfriend looks at him and says, why can't this get delivered? And that's that. Yeah. And it kind of just blossomed from there. Uh, That was the seed that started it. Um, And we've been working very, very hard since October um, to get this up and running and try to get 
as I said, all the excess produce onto tables for cheap. It's so cool. So does your produce change every week? Generally, we have the same stock items, um, but our main focus is lowest cost. And as with anything, price fluctuates, especially with produce. As the seasons start to change, prices go up, they go down. So if we have one item one week and then the next week the price jumps by 20%, mm -hmm. we might not get it. Mm, um, okay. The goal is we want to keep everything as low cost as possible for our customers. And if the price goes up too much and we have to raise our prices to cover our back end costs, it's not worth it. We'd rather just bypass the item and wait for the price to come back down. Mm -hmm. And then you'll supplement some other items that might be more in season. Right. We'll right. supplement other items. I would say generally, though, 90 to 95% of our items are the same week over week. You know, okay. we always have potatoes, sweet potatoes. We always have bananas, apples, avocados. There are a lot of things that are key items that we always have and can always get pretty good prices on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the only things that might fluctuate would be like red and green bell peppers, mm -hmm. um, maybe Which, mushrooms. Can, can, I, can I tell you a fun fact that I just learned from another podcast episode I just did? By all the, means. The green, red, orange, and yellow bell and yellow bell pepper is all the same pepper. Yep. It just depends on how long it takes to grow and how much sunlight and how much rain. No, like yeah. mind blown. And the it's white amazing. mushroom, the cremini mushroom and the portobello mushroom are all the same mushroom. Same thing. Yep. No idea. Like I've lived 40 yep. years on this planet, somebody <laughs> who lives a very food centric life. And I don't know why I thought it was all different. I had no clue. Mm-mm. Yeah, mind blown. Because there are so many things about the food industry and about food in general that we don't really think about until you're in the trenches doing it. Totally. Honestly, I hadn't really thought of it either until I met with some of our vendors now. Yeah. And started talking to them about the different products and different and items different and prices. where they come from and the different prices. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously the, the more expensive pepper means it has to stay on the, the vine longer, which needs more water and no, more sunlight, more care and more. So of course it's more expensive that way. A green yeah. bell pepper is cheaper because it comes up, you pick it and it's done. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. Yeah. So we have a handful of listener questions. Would you like to dive into them? I would love to. All right. Stephanie from Instagram asks, I would love to shop from your company more. Why is it only open three days a week? Do you see it being open more in the future? Easy answer. Absolutely. Um, well, because when you started, we, weren't you only open one day a week? Yes. And that's where Friday Food Market comes from, is we were only open on Fridays. Mm -hmm. uh, we were open on Fridays with delivery Saturday. And I am so proud of our team. Um, and the work that we've put in to be able to expand to three days a week. Yeah. Um, you know, we're open Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The market is live on our website, fridayfoodmarket.com from 6 a.m. to noon, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday with next day delivery. Mm -hmm. And we have a plan in place uh, to be open seven days a week within the next four to six weeks. Holy mackerel. Congratulations. It's awesome. Thank you. So I mean, that was fast. Stephanie, to answer your question. Yes, yeah. uh, we are expanding. We are working very hard to make that happen for all of you. We want to offer you as much variety as possible in terms of when you can place your orders and get them delivered. Mm -hmm. We know it's been a little bit of a process and we appreciate you sticking with us. Mm -hmm. um, and I promise it will all be worth it soon. That's incredible. That's awesome. Congratulations. Because when we initially met, you guys were doing just the one day a week and that wasn't that long ago. And so the fact that you've grown that quickly in such a short amount of time shows how much the community loves you guys and wants to support you and loves what you're doing. Like if that's not a big ding that you're going in the right direction, I don't know what it is. So yay it, for you it guys. It certainly is. And it's exciting for us as well. You know, as much as we are focused on the produce and the prices, it, it's still really a great feeling to know that the Boston community is taking to us so kindly and really embracing what we're trying to do for the community. So awesome. It really is. Kyle in Boston asks, I love the concept of your company. Where do you get the produce and why is it so inexpensive? We kind of talked about that already, but let's circle back. Maybe we can dive a little deeper. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, all of our vendors are located within five miles of Boston. And that's one of the reasons why we can get the kind of prices that we can get for a couple of reasons. One, it's close. You know, when you get stuff from further away, you have to pay for shipping costs, transportation, the plane there's tickets extra for those labor, apples. the plane yeah. tickets or yeah. trucking, whatever yeah. it is. When you get stuff from closer by, the costs come down because there's less movement involved. Mm -hmm. Another reason is because it's close, we can actually go to the vendors, meet them in person, build relationships and work on setting prices. You know, when you deal with larger distributors or distributors from further away that you can't meet, you don't have that ability to build those relationships and work with them to say, hey, if we want to just get apples from you. Mm -hmm. let's agree to a price that works for you. It works for us. And we can just get apples from you every week. Mm -hmm. We great. have that ability to do that. Yeah. That. And I also think putting a face to a face and then saying, I'm literally helping your neighbor. Like we're going to help the people in this community that exactly. are, that need it and that are struggling sometimes, or maybe they're not struggling, but they just want to help. Maybe it's the environment that they see a lot of food waste and they're like, how can I do, how can I be a better human? And so I think that's, that's wonderful. And I think it, shaking someone's hand and meeting someone in person goes a long, long way in building a, a rapport and, and, and establishing yourselves together in a community. It certainly does. And because we're able to do all of that, and because a lot of what we deal with is that excess produce that doesn't really have a home or a final destination otherwise, our vendors are willing to work with us on bringing prices down you know, they always say, hey, like, this is kind of where I can't go below. So as long as we know that and we're clear about mm -hmm. it, we work with them and, and work on deals. That's so awesome. Tilly in Framingham, Massachusetts writes, I live in Framingham. Do you deliver out to me? Will you be expanding your delivery zones? If so, when? So right now we just have a 12 mile delivery radius around Boston. Um, and it's something that we are working at expanding. Um, you can go onto our website at www.fridayfoodmarket.com. And we have a, a bar where you can search your zip code and mm -hmm. see whether or not we deliver to your area. And if not, then we have a wait list that you can join where you get updates about when we do start delivering to those areas and any updates about us in the process of trying to expand. Um, Unfortunately, I'm sorry, we don't have any concrete plans yet on that end, mm -hmm. um, but it is something that we are. I bet you will by the end of are. the year. I am hoping so by the end of the year. Uh, not trying to do too many spoiler alerts, right. but hopefully by the end of the year, we will have that capability um, to expand our delivery range. Uh, awesome. Because again, like we want to get this to as many people as possible. I know our team is working around the clock, even as I'm talking yeah. to you right now. I know people are working on this. Um, so we are pouring everything we have into this to try and make it as accessible as feasible for as many people as we possibly can. That's awesome. Awesome. So Tilly, there's hope. Um, Arielle from Facebook writes, I feel like I do the same thing with my vegetables every week. I'm in a recipe rut and need some cooking inspiration. Girl, I hear you. Don't we uh, what, all? I know, right? What are some of your favorite recipes with the produce that you sell? One thing that my partner and I love to make is a homemade chicken curry. I love curries. It's an amazing dish. And I think Southeast Asian cuisine is highly underrepresented. And Ditto. there are some amazing dishes that come out of that region. Mm -hmm. um, and we use bell peppers in it. We use carrots in it. We use mushrooms in it. We use broccoli. I mean, we throw in the kitchen sink. It's a kitchen sink curry. Literally. <laughs> it's a kitchen sink curry. Oh my God, I and, love it. And it's a great way to use produce that is is excess and taken from other places and may not have the best shelf life because it gets thrown in with so many other things that you mm -hmm. don't notice it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing is people tend to avoid that excess produce because the quality might not be the same 
and because people tend to cook a lot of dishes where you are able to notice it. Yeah, so that's like the biggest in a thing salad is, or something like that. Like, right, you like want... in a salad or if you just make a, a main meat dish and put, you know, steamed or cooked vegetables on the right. side, right. then you, you notice it, it's there. So my biggest thing is trying to incorporate that into larger dishes. Mm. And the curry is a great way to do that. Awesome. Maybe you can send me the recipe that you and your partner use, and then we'll link it in the show notes for everyone. I would be more than happy to. Perfect. I love it. Um, Jeffrey in Massachusetts writes, will you sell anything else besides produce? It is every desire of ours to branch into other product lines. Um, What we're focusing on right now is just produce. We want to make sure that the way we set up our operations is set up in a way that we can make sure we're keeping costs lower for our customers and be efficient in the way we source all of our items, pack all of our items and deliver all of our items. And once we're at a point where we feel like we have that under control, not that it isn't, but once we're at a point where we feel like we've really optimized that process, that's when we will start looking at other product lines. But yes, we would love to get into things like meat, dairy, poultry. Mm -hmm. Eventually we want Friday food market to be your number one choice for grocery shopping. Awesome. And you can get whatever you want for cheap prices. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like going to Market Basket. Totally. For those who don't live in the Boston area, Market Basket is a a supermarket that has lower prices. You might not get all of the name brands, um, but you can certainly get pretty much whatever you want. Yeah. uh, Almost anything. um, Yeah. I would say probably for 10 to 15% cheaper than most name brand supermarkets. Yeah, I agree. I think Market Basket um, is also, it's not like when you walk in, it feels like more of like an old school traditional grocery store, what it used to feel like versus a Whole Foods where like, you know, everything's super, I mean, it's still, I'm not, I don't want to knock Market Basket and the one kind of near you in Chelsea is massive. Like they have absolutely everything under the sun. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, but they do have really good prices for what you need um, versus like so a it'll basically shop or be that, but delivered. Online. Awesome. I yeah. love it. JB from Instagram writes, this week is starting to feel like summer in New England. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. When it's warmer outside and I can't be home right away to get the delivery. Do you have any tips to keep the vegetables from going bad? That one is something that we are also looking at on our back end. Um, mm-hmm. We would love to offer some way of packing the vegetables with dry ice, ice or, packs or dry ice or yeah. in cooler bags, something that helps keep them safer in warmer temperatures. If you're not home, uh, we do offer text updates for delivery uh, so that hopefully you can you know, roughly plan your schedule to be home when your delivery arrives. Um, but again, it's just looking at how everything works on our back end and making sure that we can keep things cost efficient to keep costs down for our customers. Yeah. And I mean, vegetables grow outside in the sun, so it's not like they do. they're going to melt. I mean, you know, you don't want to keep more delicate vegetables, maybe like leafy greens and stuff outside for very long. But like you said, with the text updates and stuff like that, I mean, obviously if you can't get home, you can't get home. Right. And I think another thing, I think another common misconception about produce is that a lot of items actually are relatively shelf stable, Mm -hmm. uh, which means you can keep them in a non-refrigerated environment for a little bit of time without sacrificing too much quality. Hundred, Like Um, I don't, if PSA for everyone out there listening, please do not put your tomatoes in the refrigerator, please. Yeah. Your tomatoes do not go in the refrigerator. They taste like crap when you put them in there. And they get, they actually spoil in the fridge. Keep them, use them on your counter. They're going to taste a thousand times better. Don't put them in the fridge. Don't do it, people. Same, I don't put potatoes in the fridge. What else don't you put in the fridge that people would be surprised by, you think? I don't put onions in the fridge. Um, A lot of people refrigerate their onions. You don't have to. You can leave them out on the counter. Uh Same thing with garlic. Mm -hmm. Apples don't need to be refrigerated. Yep. Avocados should not be refrigerated. 
No. And you should use them fairly quickly. Like when they turn, yes. use them, just use them because your avocado toast deserves a beautiful avocado. And is there anything more satisfying when you take an avocado and you slice it and it opens perfectly and it's like the two perfect green halves, you know what I, you know what I mean? And there's no spot. Yeah. Like, so there's satisfying. no supplement for that. No. Um, and I'll throw in as another yeah. tip. Yeah. Um, what a lot of people also don't know is that if you keep your apples close to your bananas, if you don't mm -hmm. refrigerate your apples, apples actually interact with the bananas that make them ripen faster. Yep. So if you keep both apples and bananas around and you don't refrigerate either one, make sure that they are on opposite ends of your counters. It's so true. Same thing, isn't the same thing to be said with bananas and avocados too, maybe? I don't know. That but I know one I'm you're not 100% right on, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it works bananas. the same way with avocados. Yeah. And then the other thing too is when you get the bananas and if they have the um, little plastic saran wrappy kind of thing on top of the nubbins of the bananas, if you take that off, that'll help them ripen more evenly and yes. faster. It's there to prevent it from ripening, just in case anyone wants to know. And you were supposed to open a banana from the bottom, not the top. That's a YouTube thing though, I think, or like a tasty yeah. video from back in the day. I'm dating myself here. Um, <laughs> Paula in Selfie writes, I saw your minimum on the website. It's 12 types or like, could I order 12 apples and meet the minimum? So I guess we need to explain the minimum. So the minimum is 12, I'll, I'll use, I'll say bundles of items. So Basically. for example, on our website, if you wanted to get red apples, we sell mm -hmm. red apples in a bundle of three. Okay. So you would need to get 12 items, which means that if, if you wanted to get just apples, you would have to get 12 bundles of three. Okay, perfect. So but it's, we yep. sell, let's say, for example, cabbage by the head. Mm -hmm. So you, if you got a bundle of three apples and one head of cabbage, that would be two items. Okay. I understand. So you need 12 either different items or 12 SKUs from the website. 12 multiples. Multiples of yes. whatever, but not let's let's for Paula for your for clarification. You cannot get three bundles of apples, which would equal 12 apples. You need a lot more apples than that. And therefore you're making pie and applesauce. So yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And plus you want a variety. Your prices are so low. How can you not want to buy 24 SKUs of something? You know what I mean? Like exactly. We've had people uh, post reviews and send us pictures of their orders and it's an entire spread on, on the kitchen counter. Massive. And they're like, I got all of this for $20. How is that possible? I, you got me. I, I did a CSA last year with a farm locally here near me. And I think it was, tw it averaged about $20 a week. And I mean, when you do a CSA, you're getting whatever the farm is producing at that time. So it's either right. a ton of lettuce or a ton of tomatoes or, or whatever. You do get a little bit of variety towards the middle of the summer and the farm did the best that they could for the variety. But sure. I think at least with you guys for that 20 bucks, you're able to pick and choose everything you want. And it, it's such mm -hmm. a great deal because sometimes you don't want to eat a ton of kohlrabi. And I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of kohlrabi. I, I appreciate it, but I don't need kohlrabi for four weeks in a row. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. awesome. What you guys have going on. Um, Priya from Facebook writes, if I place an order and I'm outside your delivery zone, could I come by and pick it up? At the moment, uh, we don't really have a way to do customer pickup. That is something that as a team we've discussed and we would love to be able to offer at some point. Um, but I would say our focus right now definitely is making sure that we can keep costs low, expand our delivery radius. So listeners like Priya can get their orders delivered and not have to make the trip all the way into the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also expanding our product lines. Awesome. So while in-person pickup is something that we've discussed and definitely would be on our radar for, I think, longer term down the road, uh, we do have greater priorities at the moment that I think will help 
many more customers sooner. Awesome. Um, Mark from Instagram asks, do you accept Snap? At the moment, we don't. Uh, unfortunately, it's something that we would love to be able to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there's some bureaucracy and red tape and stuff with the government yeah. to sort out before that can happen. And you're a new company, so I'm sure you're you'll have those. Yeah, we working will working on that. Yeah, those are all things uh, that we are looking at, and it it's frustrating because there are so many things that we want to do. Yeah. Um, and there are only so many things that we can do based on the time and the number of people who are working on this and the resources. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, these are all great questions and they're all things that we would love to do and love to be able to offer to our customers and yeah. just to the greater Boston community. Um, but unfortunately, there's, there's a, a process for everything. Mm -hmm. And there are constraints on what we're able to accomplish right now, which is why our focus is on what will help the most number of people. Mm -hmm. Totally. No, and that's great. So now let's throw you a fun question. What are you huh. making at home right now besides chicken curry? <laughs> um, besides the chicken curry, every now and again, uh, I love to do just a nice, like, simple steak with potatoes You're and either asparagus or broccoli. Oh man, that's a I, dude I know, answer. I know it is, but <laughs> there's, there's something to be said. It doesn't have to be a fancy steak. You know, I go to market basket, get a steak for like eight, 10 bucks. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a nice little, little are treat you, yourself. Are you grilling it? Or are you cooking it like in a cast iron pan? Generally in a cast iron pan. Uh, I, I live in a small an apartment yeah. with a, a small little terrace, so I don't really have space for a grill. Um, <laughs> I would love to eventually. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just a nice, simple little thing. You know, you, you make a small little steak, mm -hmm. whip up some mashed potatoes. And mm -hmm. I, I really love doing um, baked asparagus. A lot of people just cook it in a fry pan. Yeah. I love putting it, put it in a little nine by 13 dish, throw some olive oil on it, some mm. salt, pepper, garlic powder. Garlic powder is a must if you were making asparagus. Really? It's a world of difference. Not fresh garlic, garlic powder. Yeah. Garlic powder. Just, you can also throw in some fresh chopped up garlic as well, but the, the flavor of garlic really enhances the asparagus in my opinion i've had I love it, it both with and without garlic yeah i i think you, you can't go without it can't go okay awesome so you throw some of that in a baking dish toss it in the oven for 10 12 minutes make mm -hmm. sure it's nice and cooked through mm -hmm. and it's a nice simple dinner. there you go nice nice glass of red wine boom so how exactly. can people find you guys get a hold of you promote yourself my friend promote 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 <laughs> the biggest way is on instagram our, our handle is the same as our company at Friday Food Market. Um, you can see all of our posts there, all of our stories. Um, our website is www.fridayfoodmarket.com. Go there. Um, if you happen to come across the site anytime from 6 a.m. to noon on Mondays, Wednesdays, or Fridays, feel free and by all means go ahead and place an order. Heck yeah. Um, those are really the two main sources that we use right now. Great. Um, we are trying to keep it simple. Yep. We don't want to overextend ourselves. Um, yeah. we think the Instagram community is a great place to be. We have a lot oh, of yeah. people who are very vocal about our company and you'll see, if you look at our story on Instagram, we share their stories back. So you can go follow those accounts. They post about food and cooking and they have all sorts of cuisines and recipes that they share as well so we we have a nice little community going on and we love it awesome so i have one last question for you if all covid right. wasn't a thing which it kind of isn't now but it still kind of is and you had oodles and oodles of noodles of money where are you <laughs> going and what are you eating oh um if i had oodles and oodles of money Mm -hmm. I think my top two choices, my top one for sure yep. would be to go to Spain and have some paella. Oh, 
I, I have wanted to go to Spain for the longest time mm-hmm. and have never had the opportunity. You and need to go. I, I studied Spanish growing up and we learned about all of the food and the cuisines and the culture. And it's something that I have so desperately wanted to experience uh, and just never really had the opportunity. So that would be option number one is okay. to go to the Andalusia and have a true Spanish, you know, seafood paella. Yum. Number two would be years ago, my family and I took a trip to Hawaii Mm -hmm. and we had some really great mahi-mahi fish. I would absolutely go back there and have that fish again. Um, Mm. That was really, really something special. I love that. I love both of those answers. But now that you're in Boston, a flight to Spain is not that far and it's It's actually not. not too expensive. So you should make your way to Spain this year, maybe even in the fall. Just saying, just saying, I think you should. I think you should. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on. This is so much fun to talk with you. It's so great to have a new friend and I love what your organization is doing for the community. And I'm so happy to talk more about it and to uplift you guys in any way. So thank you. Thank you so much, Beth. I really appreciate you having me on. I I loved talking about the food and talking about what we're doing and what we're doing for the community. Awesome. Well, you get outside and enjoy the sunshine and I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. You do the same. Bye. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you live in the Boston area, check out Friday Food Market. And if you don't live in the Boston area, check them out anyway. It's a really, really cool organization and you can find all of their information in the show notes on my website, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my portfolio for all of my photography. I pay my bills by taking pictures of food and product photography. Let's enhance your photos for your brand or company. Shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And if you need any culinary sleuthing, relationship advice, or just want to talk, shoot me an email about all of those things as well let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram let's go on a food adventure oh as always you guys are amazing thank you for listening thank you for being a part of my life and the joy that is this podcast lead with kindness make some yummy food together this weekend and i'll see you next friday bye